Welcome to my first live streaming episode of Meredith with a Y. And if you are here, welcome, welcome. If you're listening on the podcast, welcome back to the podcast. So let's do this. Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willis. Today, we are going to go deep, changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. Well, here we go. Another episode of Meredith with a Y, and I'm so happy that you're here because today I'm actually getting into kind of a, not kind of, an extremely personal topic. Um, some of you may have been listening to the podcast or follow me on social media where I've purchased a house from 1939 that just happens to be on its own private island. And I have talked about it in the past on the podcast as to how much it's changed my life. And over the past few months, let's say since March, um, one of the big things that have changed in my life is alcohol. And it was very natural progression, um, being exhausted at the end of the day, doing physical labor, um, being a housewife in the suburbs doesn't really lend to physical labor so much. It's usually going to be going for a walk or a jog or working out. And uh, working on this house is much more physical um, labor. And so at the end of the day, I was just honestly tired. I'd go grab a beer from the refrigerator um, and I'd find myself dumping it out or maybe only drinking one. And let's say a year ago, I was easily drinking six, seven nights a week. Um, it's four o'clock. It's time to start, you know, making dinner. Let's crack a bottle of wine. And um, I have to say that that's pretty normal for the people that I know, but I can only speak for myself. And so it's pretty normal for me. And as I removed myself from my daily life, so I removed myself from making dinner every night for my family because I was living in um, Michigan, redoing this house. I removed myself from my daily life of, you know, taking care of the house and, um, you know, the more suburban lifestyle to being in this very physical lifestyle in Michigan. And so the drinking slowly stopped or dissipated. I would have lemonade or water or whatever, but um, I would still go out for drinks when I got back to the suburbs. I would still go out for drinks once in a while in Michigan, um, but it was definitely, uh, definitely decreased. And so over the past, let's see here, Wednesday, this coming Wednesday um, will be four weeks with absolutely no alcohol. And I'm going to tell you that the first three days are very, very difficult, like white knuckle difficult at times. And oddly, the thing that was most difficult was not being around people and not drinking. It was um, boredom. It was when it was downtime, sitting in the backyard, doing kind of nothing. And I've actually talked about this before where our society has turned alcohol into a hobby, into something to do, into the um, like, let's make this an event. Let's make this more fun. Let's grab alcohol. And 
um, I started to realize that I really didn't understand why I was drinking anymore because of the fact that I just felt tired or sluggish. Um, I felt um, I didn't sleep very well at night and I just didn't understand anymore. I, I wasn't getting like drunk. I wasn't like, like, woohoo, let's party. Let's, you know, be at a concert or something like that. I was just drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking to just go to sleep at night. And it started to seem weird. It started to seem like I didn't understand why I was doing this anymore. And then I started to pay attention. Um, really within the last, I would say, month and a half, I started to pay attention to the conversations that I would have while I was drinking versus the conversations that I would normally have if I were not drinking. And I started to look at those types of things, like the things I would talk about or um, the way I would overshare or just like anything. It started to, it started to feel weird. It just started to feel weird. And, um, and so I just decided I was going to not drink. And I really, to be honest, like looking back, I don't really remember like it being like, well, tomorrow I'm going to stop drinking. It wasn't even like that. It was just like, I'm stopping drinking. But today what I want to talk about is all the things that I haven't done in my life or stopped doing in my life because of alcohol. And you might not even realize how much alcohol affects your life. Um, because it's such a normal part of being middle age. And, um, so today I want to talk about, and this is really hard to share because I'm not proud of it. And because, um, how many times I lied to myself and told myself that it was normal. So, um, about, let's say here, eight years ago, we lived in Florida. I started doing um, a show, a live show on Facebook. And it was every Monday night at eight o'clock. And um, I would do readings, live readings for, um, I would do live readings, um, mediumship readings. And I loved doing it. And um the really tough part was that I stopped doing it because I couldn't drink before. I couldn't drink before I would go on. And it was messing up my evening. One night a week. One single night a week. And uh, it was really a successful show, actually. Like, I remember one time I got off the show and I saw that I had 500,000 viewers. Like, that's, that's insane numbers. And, um, there's a lot of things like I wouldn't schedule client appointments before 10 AM because there was a decent chance that I would feel like shit from the night before of drinking. I didn't want to mess up my, let's say possible Thursday night. So, you know, um, I'd make sure and schedule my Friday morning appointments at 10 AM so that I could have my Thursday nights open to do whatever it is that I wanted to do. Um, and, and so it, uh, I, I started to realize how, but I didn't admit it. I didn't admit, I didn't admit how it was affecting me. I would have friends come over and we would be sitting around the kitchen Island drinking and I would be like, 
go, go do your, go, you know, go play with your brother and sister, go, go in the basement, go for a bike ride or whatever, because I'm having fun with my friends. And, um, it's kind of amazing the things in your life that you will schedule or manipulate around, um, drinking because you know, either you're going to feel like shit or you, um, you know, you can't do stuff because you would need to be sober and you can't because you know you're going to be drinking. And I'm going to tell you, no one's ever come to me and said, hey, I think you might have a drinking problem. No one. No one's ever. Um, except for maybe my doctor. She's like, mm, I don't know. Because mm. I, I, like heavy drinking is for women is considered two drinks um, – I think it's a drink in the evening, so like or drink a day. So it's like seven drinks a week is considered excessive drinking for a woman. And I remember when I was going through breast cancer and I had to fill that out. When I had to fill out the like how much do you drink in a week? And it was like um zero to three, you know, four to seven. I'm like, bruh, like I could drink seven drinks on a Saturday. Like that's a week's worth. Like, okay, let's multiply that times four. You know, I'm ingesting 30 drinks a week. And so um, a couple of weeks ago, my husband and I went out to dinner and I ordered a glass of wine. And um, this is when I was trying to like cut back on my drinking. And um, I'm like, I just paid $15 for stupidity. I literally just paid $15 for stupid. I didn't need this drink. I would have been equally happy with water. I would have been equally happy with an iced tea. I would have been you know, equally happy, whatever. But I ordered the wine out of habit. And I noticed since not drinking for the past three and a half weeks, a lot of my compulsion or that, eh, uh, you know, that, that where you're going to, I'm going to order a drink. Ah, it's completely out of habit. My dad came to visit. We went on this architecture tour on the boat in Chicago. If you've never been, do it. It's a great, um, it's a great, you know, thing to do in Chicago. And so they have drinks on the boat. 100% would have got a drink on the boat. 100% would have done that. Then we went to lunch afterwards. 100% would have had a drink at lunch. Done. Then after my very stressful day of being on a boat with my dad and daughter, um, I would have walked in the house and opened, you know, a bottle of wine or cracked open a beer. 100% three drinks. Boom. By five o'clock. By five o'clock. Done. Three drinks. So let's just say those are 200 calories. There's 600 calories of nonsense right there for no reason. All it's going to do is make me feel lethargic. I'm going to feel, feel tired. I could actually get anxious. I could be irritable. Um, and I just started doing the math and the math wasn't mathing anymore. It just didn't make sense. And since I stopped drinking, um, like I said, it'll be four weeks in on Wednesday. I've lost right around 10 pounds and I feel much better. My skin is completely changing, especially like around my mouth and my chin area. And I've also made a, a bunch of other changes because you can't, when you don't drink, your downtime is loud. 
the silence is loud. And so at four o'clock, when you're like used to going and drinking and now you don't have anything to do, um, I walk a lot. <laughs> oh, a lot. I just got done with a 50 minute walk. Um, so one of the other things that I didn't do is, uh, because of alcohol was, um, like challenges. So right now I'm doing this challenge. It's called 75 hard and it's 75 days of workouts and choosing any diet you want basically. But one of the things is no alcohol. And I had a friend that invited me to do 75 hard quite a while ago. And, um, and I didn't do it because I knew I couldn't or wouldn't want to go 75 days without drinking. God, that sucks. God, that sucks. How do you not do something you want to do just because alcohol? That sucks. I'm going to tell you, I'm much more present with my kids. I'm more present with myself. I'm more present with my family. I'm not disassociating into this vortex of drinking. And it's weird. It's weird. I have so much energy. I'm so productive. Because I, when you have something like drinking or smoking or even shopping, um, it's kind of like social media. You just check out. You, you accomplish nothing. You don't accomplish anything because you're like, oh, I'm doing something. I'm drinking and smoking. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm doing something. No, you're not. You're not doing shit. You're, you're not doing anything. You're drinking you're, you're di- disassociating from your life. And so it's allowed me to really check in to some serious thought processes of what alcohol does. And I, I'm going to do a couple episodes on this because I find it fascinating. I'm reading this book, and of course I don't have it up here with me um, to, to show it to you, but it's called Quit Like a Woman. And I would suggest anyone and everyone read this book, Quit Like a Woman. Um, it's got like a multicolor um, front on the front of it. I'll try to put it up in um, on social media later on today. This book is so life-changing. You know, there's, there's, there's few, few, few things in life that change, right? That change you profoundly. One of them was adult children of emotionally... Um, immature parents and this book, Quit Like a Woman, two of the most life-changing books I've ever, ever encountered. And this woman breaks down like, like the way that women are being marketed alcohol, like it's some sort of miracle. And it's a miracle. It takes you right out of your goddamn mind. But it's it's been it's been marketed like cigarettes were marketed to women. Um, back during suffrage. And it's like, oh, you know, like burn your bra, grab a cigarette. And, you know, like you're this, this person. And now they're billing it like mommy's juice, mommy's sippy cup, rosé all day, you know. And I actually, I actually went to a um, luncheon quite a while back and I was sitting with these women at this luncheon and we were all drinking and eating lunch and it was beautiful. And I said, isn't alcohol funny? 
if I were to grab a beer at, you know, nine o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday, I'm an alcoholic. But if I dr drink a Bloody Mary or a mimosa on a Saturday at 8 a.m., totally normal, Total, totally normal. Um, but if you grab like a martini on a Sunday morning, maybe an alcoholic, maybe glass of wine, you know, at 10 a.m., alcoholic. White wine at 11.30 at lunch, totally fine. Totally fine. Shots, shots, weekdays, middle of the afternoon, maybe an alcoholic. Glass of white wine or a margarita at tacos for lunch, totally normal. Like we've, like we've put all of these parameters, good and bad, around alcohol to make it make sense. But when you read this book, she talks about the fact that there are studies that have been done that alcohol is three times more destructive uh, into your life and three times more addictive than cocaine. Three times more addictive and more destructive. But if we, you know, I, I went out to dinner with my husband and, and we walked up, there's this beautiful family having dinner. There was like, you know, grandma, grandpa, all the brother, adult brothers and sisters and uh, spouses and their kids. And they're all drinking and having a beautiful dinner outside. And I said to my husband, I said, can you imagine if they were all sitting there snorting Coke? Like we would be so judgy, right? Oh my God, they're all doing Coke. Like what's going on? But if you think about it, it would be less destructive to their bodies and less addictive if they were doing coke at that table than drinking alcohol. We would judge them so harshly. We would judge each other. Like, oh, yeah, just going home um, tonight at 4 o'clock, make some dinner, snort some coke. <laughs> like, it sounds so crazy. But when you look at it, it's, it's kind of mind-blowing to think that alcohol is more destructive to your family, to your life, to your career, and is more addictive um, than most other drugs um, that are out there. But we have completely normalized it. And for women, we have not only normalized it, but we make it like a normal part of your life, your routine. And I will tell you that, you know, I've been out quite a few times I've been over to people's houses that I normally would go and have a glass of wine and I just bring my 8,000 bottles of water and drink water and I really don't have a problem. It's nice to not worry if I'm going to get a DUI. It's nice to not worry um, if I'm going to be up all night because when I drank, I was up at 1 a.m. sweating. Three o'clock in the morning, I was up going to the bathroom. Up again at five o'clock going to the bathroom. Tossing and turning all night. Like I just slept horrible. Horrible. And it just, it started to not be worth it. It, it started to not make sense. And I'm so happy that I bought this book again, Quit Like a Woman, because it talks about how when you drink alcohol, which is a drug, you're not a weirdo until you stop. Then you all of a sudden might have a problem. Like, I'm the weirdo now for not drinking ethanol. I'm weird. 
I'm the one that is doing something out of character by not ingesting a substance that causes seven different kinds of cancer. And I'm here to tell you that when we, when we moved from Philly to Ohio for two years, um, and then we moved to Florida for six years. When I was in Florida for six years, we drank a lot, like a lot. We lived in Fort Lauderdale. Happy hour was a lifestyle. Drinking all weekend was a lifestyle. Um, I drank tequila like it was my friend. Um, and then when I moved to Chicago, it was no different. And I have a video of myself the day I found out that I had breast cancer and we had a party for my husband's birthday at my house on that day. And I was drunk. And when I went to my, um, when I went to my breast cancer surgery, surgeon's office and she was giving me shit, A, about how much I weighed, B, about how much I was drinking, um, because I had uh, estrogen positive breast cancer. And one of the things that alcohol does is it increases your estrogen levels. It increases your estrogen levels. And I had estrogen positive breast cancer. Alcohol increases your risk for breast cancer like a lot. And I'm here to tell you that there is no doubt in my mind that I gave myself breast cancer. There's no doubt in my mind because I believe that there, if, I, if I'm correct, I, which I believe I am, lineage wise, so ancestors, I believe there's only one other person in my ancestry going up that has ever had breast cancer outside of myself. And, um, the fact that it was, I don't know if hers was estrogen positive. There's a, lots of different types of breast cancer, but mine being estrogen positive, I do believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that I gave myself, um, breast cancer from drinking alcohol and alcohol is responsible for over seven different kinds of cancers because you're literally dr dr drinking ethanol. Now, when I go out with friends, I'm still telling them, you know, I'm doing 75 hard. I don't know where I'm at, which is true. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if I'll ever go back and have a glass of champagne. But again, even just talking about that, it feels stupid. Like, what is that going to do for me? What is, what is going out and having a glass of wine going to do for me except for spend $15 on a good glass of wine or decent glass of wine and just 200 calories of solid sugar that is, you know, the equivalent of jet fuel. Why am I doing that? What am I going to do that for? I just, uh, I just, I don't think it makes sense for me. And, you know, with the 75 hard, you're supposed to do like two 45 minute workouts a day, which I was telling my dad about it. And he's like big into working out if you know him. And. He's like, I don't know about that. 75 minutes, two workouts. That seems like awful lot. But 
if I go for a walk in the morning and then, you know, just keep, I, I looked at it like, okay, I'm going to be active twice a day for 45 minutes. So I'm active in the morning going for a walk. When I was up in Michigan this past weekend, I was planting flowers. So it could be helping the guys at the Michigan house with moving two by fours or planting flowers or mowing the lawn, which I never do. And my guy bought a non-propelled lawnmower. Ugh. If you've ever pushed a lawn mower that is not propelled, oh my God, this is difficult. So I did that for like three hours. Um, so I'm looking at it as more like keeping physically busy twice a day for 45 minutes. And when I tell you the amount of water that I'm drinking is like next level, but I, I, I'm not... I don't know. I'm not embarrassed about not drinking. I don't feel tight about it. Um, it's, it's, I'm not missing it at all. You know, I think one of the good things in this book that she talks about, which she was also actually ref in the book, um, quit like a woman, she was actually referencing another guy who had written about quitting alcohol. And he said, when you decide that you want to quit, don't question your choice. Just don't question it. And I have to say that's been very calming because in the moment of quitting drinking, I'm totally fine. It's when I start thinking about, well, what if I go to Italy? Then what? What if I want to go and drink in Nashville? What if I go to a wedding and want to have a drink? It's these what ifs. It's these, these things that aren't even here yet. It's these, you know, pie in the sky type um, thought process that I start to like, oh my gosh, like what if, right? And But if I just sit inside of don't question it, like don't question what uh, the decision that I've made, I'm very, very calm about it. I'm very relaxed about it. Uh, I, I just went to this outside concert with all of, everyone was drinking but me. So let's see, it was eight people total. So seven of the eight adults were drinking. I was not. We went to dinner. I had a Pellegrino. And then I drank water the rest of the evening. And I was totally fine by that. That didn't bother me at all. It's the, but what if I go to Italy? And it's like, I guess I'll deal with that when I, when I get there. Because again, it's not like I was quote unquote having an issue. But when I looked at myself, I asked myself, is this the life that you want to live? And so that was actually um, more difficult. That was actually, um, you know, where I had pause. So I don't know if anyone out there is, you know, sober curious. I actually did an amazing podcast with Evan Cutworth. Um, I don't even know what um, episode it is. I guess I should look it up. I'll try to put it in the show notes. Because again, this is actually, I'm live streaming my podcast recording um, right now, but this is actually, um, my podcast. If you're listening to this on the podcast, you know that, but if you're watching live streaming, if you're watching over on YouTube or Facebook right now, um, I do have a podcast. So if you, if you go and listen anywhere where podcasts are found, you can find a great, um, podcast with Evan Cutworth. He is a party coach. He's actually, um, doing some really amazing stuff with some really cool people about how we use alcohol to um, not be nervous when we enter a party. You know, you walk in, the first thing you do is go to the bar, 
right? You have people over your house and um, the first thing you do is, you know, get a drink. Like, let's get a drink. And so he talks about how you can actually party, how you can actually go to concerts, how you can go to festivals even and not, you know, drink alcohol. So he, it's a really, really cool episode if you want to go take a listen to that. But if you're sober curious, you know, maybe um, start with some things where you're not drinking um, Monday through Friday and see how that goes. Um, maybe you're not drinking, you know, until after dinner or whatever, like start playing with it and see how that feels. Because I'm going to tell you one of the things that I'm coming to with this, and I'll probably talk about this more next week. Alcohol for me allowed me to do a lot of things and say a lot of things that I wouldn't have said had I not been drinking. Alcohol let me put up with a lot of behaviors I would have not put up with, a lot of situations that I would have not put up with had I not been drinking. And so drinking was kind of like made bad things okay. And so if you are in the throes of any sort of addiction, I would ask you, what are you doing in your life that would not be okay if you didn't have your addiction? What would you, what relationship would you have to stop being in? What behaviors would you have to cut off? What, um, I don't know, what conversations would you have to have or not be able to have if you didn't have a cigarette break or a, um, glass of wine at the end of a workday. Would you have to quit your job? Would you have to get out of that relationship? Would you have to create healthy boundaries with family members? Or does alcohol or your addiction, like when you're in the middle of a conversation and you need to run off and go grab a cigarette because you're so stressed out, maybe the relationship or the conversation you're in is not a healthy one. Maybe. Because when you're sitting there having to check out and go drink or go smoke or go shop or go do whatever because your life is so out of control or that situation is so out of control that you need to find it, you know, alcohol to make it better, it might be time to reconsider what's going on in your life. Like literally, it might be time. It, 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 the silence is so loud when you stop. I will tell you that because you can't check out. You can't be like, oh my God, I had such a horrible day. No, you need to fix your day. Oh my God, my, this, my phone call with this person was just so crazy. Well, then I need to maybe not be friends with that person or not have that person in my life or create healthy boundaries or have a difficult conversation with them that they can't act like this anymore because I don't have anywhere to go. When you remove alcohol, when you remove addiction from your life, you don't have anywhere to go. There's nowhere to go. The only where to go is inside of you. You're here. This is it. This is all you have. You can go for a walk, maybe. Go guzzle a gallon of water. Go make a salad, whatever it is. Go anchor your life to something else. But when you have nowhere to go, 
when you have no place that you can check out. Some people are using social media, like TikToking, just scrolling TikTok for hours, right? Shopping. Go on Amazon, just shop and shop and shop. But when you have nowhere to go, I'm going to tell you, it gets real, real, real quick. It gets real quick. So I'm going to talk about this again next week. So I hope you guys uh, will show up. Thank you guys so much that are commenting on the live stream. I really appreciate it. I will be here next Monday again, 9 a.m. Uh, Central Standard Time on YouTube Live and also Facebook Live. If you are listening to me on the podcast, Meredith with Y everywhere podcasts are listened to. If you don't know this, this podcast is the top 1.5% podcast in the entire world. So someone thinks what I'm saying is making sense. So I'll see you guys here next week. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillits.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y for behind the scene footage and outtakes. Please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers.